let's face it, most of us have traveled a very different path to get to where we are today professionally. Talk West is a podcast hosted by me, Derek Ross, and Michael Manganello, also known as Mango, that delivers real conversations with people who just so happen to be business professionals as they share their journey and how it shaped their career path. These conversations are designed to connect us and provide valuable insights and knowledge on how we can continue to grow personally and professionally in our lives and careers. A business professional is part of who we are, but it's not all of who we are. And those are the stories we'll be sharing and the conversations we'll be delivering on the Talk West podcast. So join us as we go beyond the LinkedIn profile and get to know our guests a little bit better. So today's guest is a new addition to the Walk West family. Uh, Brian Phillips is our new creative director and we are excited to dive into uh, his career path as well as some of his personal journeys to get to where he is today. What's up, Brian? Welcome to the conversation. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you calling me a business professional. I don't know if I've ever been called that before. (laughs) You do work in the creative space, so I could see that. Right, right. Yeah. So, Brian, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know, you know, that question is probably something that you get often, but definitely want to know a little bit more about you. I love your your website and, and the bio there. I felt like when I read it, I got a, a, a sense of who Brian is before the creative director. So let the audience know a little bit more about you. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I am a creative director by trade. You know, that's that's what's on my LinkedIn. But to go beyond that a little bit, I am a, a branding fanatic. For me, branding is everything. It's what surrounds us from the moment that we wake up to the moment that we go to sleep. We're surrounded by brands. And for me, my background has really built me. My background has really helped me build those brands that I touch every day. So I've really spent uh, a fair amount of my experience and expertise in the pharmaceutical arena, uh, working on launch brands, working on OTC and DTC brands. But for me, a good idea and a good brand transcends the industry that it's in. I love chasing that next big idea and really being a part of creating something with a team like we have at Walk West. So talking about branding, I do have a very important question I think that most people will ask uh, based on your name. Are you related to anybody in the, the group Wilson Phillips? Yes and no. No. Uh, <laughs> or do you have a favorite of the sisters? Right. It, it's definitely Wilson. Come on. I mean, that's no question. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, you always get growing up with a very normal name like myself. You always grow up with the, the light bulbs and the screwdrivers and the, the Wilson Phillips jokes. So I'm... I'm fully ready for all of them that that come forward for me. Nice, nice, love it. So, so Brian, so you creative director. Uh, you've been a creative director for 15 plus years now. So let's go back, right? So when you were younger, like when did you recognize that you had a love for you know creativity? Like, were you always you know drawing? Were you you know the one that people used to come to to help their pictures look great? Like, what what, what was that like for you early on in your life? You know what? It's it's funny. Early on, there, there's a great story about imagination and creativity. And some people have said that it's not it's not someone like me who has learned to become creative or has learned to become imaginative. We're all born that way. We're all born just as creative 
as the next person. But what happens is over time, as you get older, you are like built to unlearn to be creative because you have to follow rules, you have chores, you have all these different things. So growing up for me, you know, I look at like my, my parents and my siblings and the environment that I grew up in, they really fostered being creative and being artistic. My grandmother was a painter. It was for me something that was important in my family to express yourself artistically. So I was able to really keep that creative bug inside of me throughout, you know, and you still have to do all those things that, you know, life tries real hard to pull that creativity out of you, you know, school, following rules for homework, like all those different things. I had a teacher once for seventh grade social studies. I had finished the test. I'd handed it in. Everything was fine on it, but he get, he subtracted 20 points because I doodled on the paper. And he said, doodling will get you nowhere. And I remember that all the way through because doodling has got me everywhere. It's <laughs> exactly where, where I am today. So for me, it was being strong about following a path of creativity and being artistic and just asking questions. You know, I think my parents were probably really annoyed with me at some point when all I would do is just ask why. Because I wanted to know there was a, there's always a deeper reason behind something and and being creative you try to uncover that because you want to tell stories so i just kept asking why nonstop. were you one of those kids that would draw on um on the walls everywhere and get in trouble as well of course and even and <laughs> I, I have two young boys so it's payback now because they do the same exact thing when you were young was there any pieces of like you know because you were you you were an art director, right? So a background in, in kind of drawing and sketching and stuff like that. Was there anything, you know, kind of in high school or anything that you drew or produced that are like, oh man, I'm actually pretty good at this. It was in about uh, probably junior and senior year of high school in art classes when I really realized that this was something that made me a little bit different and I it was okay. I was okay with that. I didn't know how to translate it to college. I think that was my difficulty was I had, I have an older sister who's a math teacher. I have a younger sister who was a history major and also has an economics degree. And for me, I felt like a little bit like the outcast. So I didn't really know how that translated to school and to what I was supposed to do in life. So, you know, I would always tell my mom that I wanted to go to vocational school. She's like, you're not going to vocational school. And so I ended up, you know, it was the best path I could have taken. I ended up at Syracuse University in the art school and they provided a program where you could explore everything during your freshman year. So that was drawing, 2D drawing, 3D drawing, industrial design, studio design, graphic design. And you got to explore all these different forms of art. And then sophomore year, you declared your major. So you got to sort of try things out. And that's where I almost went from art to graphic design, you know, from drawing to graphic design and really found how a computer can ultimately, you know, tell a different story as far as art goes. That actually brings me to the next question because, you know, being able to try all of those different types of art forms, right, to, to really find what really resonates with you and your creative skills and and kind of how you want to be seen or known, you know, from a from a design or art perspective. How was that 
because on your bio, you say, you know, I thrive on rejection. So how was, you know, as you were getting to know more about your creative style and what that looked like, how did rejection play a role in really refining your own voice and your own look, so to speak, when it came to being, you know, creative in, in the space of corporate pharmaceuticals and, and, and health and well and wellness industry? If you look at what, what it means to be an artist, and to me, the definition of being an artist is following what you believe in and creating art that is for yourself that others get to enjoy. That's being an artist. In this space that we live in agency world, our world re revolves around making other people happy, you know, servicing clients, creating art that is for them that they want. So you're always trying to kind of like, you have this inner artist and you're pulling going, ah, I, I want to do this, but this is what they, they need me to do. And this is what I need to do for the brand. So for me, it was being able to understand that path and know that not every great idea is going to stay up on the wall. Not every great idea is going to see the light of day, but that's where understanding rejection can make you stronger as an artist and stronger as a person because you really find ways to sell your work through. You know, I always tell a lot of team members and young people coming up in this business is that you can create any great idea. The next great idea can be created by you, but it's also your job to make sure that other people see the greatness in that. So being able to sell your work through, eloquently talk about it, show people the reasons why this is the right thing. So there's the, the creation of it, but then there's also this, the art of selling as well. So can you kind of take us through, um, you know, after graduating Syracuse and starting in the real world, you know, how was it kind of going from, I kind of enjoy doing this to, oh, wow, now I actually get paid to do this now. <laughs> now it kind of gets real. How was that kind of translation? It was, it was fun. You know, you, you always, I think at that first job, you, create memories that that last throughout you really find those people in your career that shape who you are and what you want to be those mentors you know you think about them you hold those things that they've taught you throughout and you hopefully teach that to other people as well so for me it was exciting because i was doing what i what i thought i wanted to do and i got to do it around people who were exciting just as creative as i was so it, it felt like you you've become part of something that that it's like finding your home your new home and your next your next path because you're sort of like when you're leaving college and you start a new job you're like out on your own i moved down to new jersey into princeton from upstate new york so i didn't know anybody i was on my own i took a job and a chance and um it shaped everything about who i am today how'd you end up in princeton there was i i started i took a job at mrm in Princeton out of school. I was destined to not go home. I was not going to be <laughs> the kid who, who goes home and lives with his parents trying to figure out what he's doing. So I took a chance and I, and I moved down to Princeton and was working at MRM for a little while before moving into another company. I agree with you on not going home. Unfortunately, I did go home for about a year and a half because living in New York City is quite expensive. Yeah. <laughs> As we all know, or at least people on on, on this working in advertising and marketing, um, there's also, it's a roller coaster industry. There's always ups and downs, and parts where you failed or you succeed and you're elated. 
I'll always like to hear about a point where you failed that lesson learned from that. You know, where was there a point early on in your career where you thought your idea was, I'll just use an old term, the bee's knees. And unfortunately, the client wasn't seeing it and completely changed it where you might have to, you know, to adjust the way you, you worked, I guess, in some essence. Yeah. And, you know, I might, I might alter this answer a little bit because I think it was a great lesson for me. There was a portion of, of my young career where I got involved with pitches and, you know, I was asked to be on a pitch for a global piece of business and we had a new business procedure and we were going through it all and we were creating our work and we got into the prep mode where, you know, it's late nights, lots of Chinese food and pizza, and you're sitting in a room prepping, going through your rehearsals. And I had the work up on the wall and I kept talking about what I did. I said, I chose to do this because of this reason. And I did this. And after about a minute or two, the president at the time stopped everything. I'm, I'm standing up on my own. He stopped. He said, stop. You did not do anything. We did it. And that was the moment where I felt very embarrassed, obviously, because I didn't know the difference. But at that moment, it was like ingrained in me that this is not like a me thing. This is not a singular thing. This is a team. We're creating work together. And that moment has really like sat with me because I think that's the the greatness of being a part of a good organization and a great team is that we all create the great idea together and we all are have kind of a part of that. So that moment was a learning moment for me for sure, but it, it has sat with me since then. That's interesting because as you probably know, there is always an assumption when you get to a level, especially creative and creative directors, you know, there's an ego that comes with that, right? You're the best, you know, you know everything. So there is probably a lot of that I that fits in, but I appreciate your thinking where it, you know, it, it creates, it's a team that makes it, it's not an individual. I love that um, that lesson because it, it brings me to a question around how do you maintain your own identity, you know, as a designer? You know, I'm, I'm reading in your bio where you say you believe in the old school, a school where that's been done before never existed. So there seems to be a theme where, you know, you said where every idea was original and white space was celebrated. So how do you, as you, you know, multiple projects um, over your career, as, as you continue to move into spaces where you work across multiple clients, different creative approaches that you still maintain that that touch of Brian that is really core or foundational to, you know, your creative style. You learn that through falling a couple times and losing your way a little bit where you feel sometimes after a while at, at different jobs, you feel that you have lost your way and you've lost your identity in what you believe in because you're feel that you're maybe answering, you know, too strictly to what's being told, you know, you're just kind of going through a specific rhythm of things and not really putting the passion back in stuff. So for me, finding my way and making sure that my stamp was on things became apparent when I started to kind of reignite passions of mine outside of work that had still had to do with art still had to do with design. Some people paint, some people do different things or draw, but it's important to have those hobbies and to create art at all times because that's where the passion comes from. 
And that's really from a day-to-day perspective at our jobs, that's really all you can really push someone to do is just have the passion behind it. Because with passion comes identity and uniqueness. And I think that's where finding your way is, is it's evident is because you're putting your own passion into it. Can you talk about using that creativity and art into cooking? Because I read that you were a big foodie and enjoyed cooking. So is that one of your passions that, you know, helps kind of move forward? Absolutely. You know, it's funny. Anyone who's worked with me in the past knows that I will incorporate a food analogy into work at any point, <laughs> any day. Um, you know, and the first, the first one for me has always been mise en place. You know, mise en place is a, a cooking term with everything in its place where you literally chop up, prep all your ingredients before you cook, because once you start cooking, you need to cook clean. And if you cook messy, your product is going to taste messy. Your product is going to be bad in the end. So for me, I translate that mentality into everything that we do from a creative perspective, because it's about setting ourselves up the strategy of things, making sure our insights are there, making sure all of our ingredients for the tactics are out. You know, what do we need for, to set ourselves up for success? So when someone starts designing or writing or concepting, that end product becomes that much better because all you're doing is focusing on that. You're not worried about, oh, I, don't, I don't know what our insight is. I don't have a USP. I don't, all these different things that is hindering you from actually doing the work are now out of the way because of, because of that. But food analogies run deep in my business. <laughs> I love it. And now I'm starving. <laughs> I know, right? I was going to ask him, um, you know, you, you, your dad, your husband, your chef. I mean, come on, you got so many things going on. What is the most requested dish in your family from you? Oh, uh, with, I have two young boys. And so their thing is an egg sandwich. I mean, it seems basic, but to me, you can elevate it really easily. You know, it's it's something that cooking an egg is takes a lot of art form. There's a lot of different forms of it. There's a lot of different preferences. You know, if, if I made you one, Derek, and you one mango, they'd be totally different. And you might not like the way I make it or how your egg is done. So there's a lot of like uniqueness and personal identity to an egg sandwich. You know, I was, I do love that. Cause that's a big debate. Cause I grew up in Long Island and an egg sandwich is very different on Long Island than most places in the world. So <laughs> I, I have to say one thing that that to me is a no-no and might not be a no-no with other people is an egg sandwich on a biscuit. It just falls apart. You have to have some yep. tooth to the bread to to hold up the rest of this like gooey, eggy, cheesy yeah. sandwich. My favorite is a croissant. Give me a croissant. Yeah. A, an egg sandwich is kind of like a what some people on this Talk West podcast might not understand as a hoagie. You know, up here, they call it a hoagie. Where I come from in New York, it's a sub. It's all kinds of things. So that that is one of those things, too, that is kind of unique to different areas as well. Awesome. Awesome. So what so, you know, you you started as a new creative director here at Walk West. What excites you about this this new chapter in this new role that you are embarking on? You guys like the team, the team that's here. I'm just excited to be able to join a company that has everything there you know the the creative team that's there all the different members you know the the existing clients that we have it's a really exciting time to put a refocus on creative and to be able to offer something to our clients and to new clients that that is truly unique in this space 
I think we all could second that one. Uh, <laughs> yes. I guess personally, what are, what are you looking forward to joining the team or learning or kind of growing, growing yourself? I, I think the, the thing I'm most excited for is to have some variety in my experience. You know, I've spent 15 plus years in the, in the healthcare space working on um, launch products within different arenas. You know, it's, it's funny as a creative in the pharma space, when you introduce yourself and you go through some of the brands that you work on, I always say that creatives are method actors where we get so deep into the strategy of whatever you're working on that you almost start to feel like you have the condition that you're working on. So I, I always tell people that, you know, I've have I've had overactive bladder, I've had low testosterone, I've, <laughs> I've even, you know, struggled with cow's milk intolerance as an infant and all these different things because you you put so much of yourself as a creative into whatever you're working on. I'm excited to work on some things that aren't, you know, the things that I've worked on in the past. They're they're new, they're different, they are fresh and I think it's a breath that that we all needed. Nice. It, it reminds me of what you mentioned earlier when you said it, your, your your early days at Syracuse when you had all these options from a creative perspective to try things out. And so being able to um, service clients across multiple industries and, you know, what does, you know, creative direction look like for those, you know, and, and being able to really tap into all of your skills that you bring to the table. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We're all we're all on a journey and we're all trying to figure out our way while on that journey. And Every experience that we have helps shape that. And this experience that's fresh and new and kind of going back to my roots is something that that I needed on my journey because it's it's part of where I think I'm going. Nice, nice. Well, you know, I, I have one more question for you. Um, and this is to, you know, to help those who are listening. What advice would you provide? So as as listeners may be, you know, navigating their own journeys and they're trying to figure out what you know, what their next thing may be, or if they should continue to move down the path that they're on, you know, what, what advice would you share with them as, you know, they continue to navigate this, this career path in life? I'd say be a sponge, you know, soak up everything around you, ask questions, ask why, but, you know, being, being a sponge to me is like seeing different culture and going to different experiences or listening to different music you know art is inspired by everything around you and i think by not closing yourself off and opening yourself up you experience new things that you maybe wouldn't have done before and it keeps driving passion and, and creativity in, in the right direction hey i couldn't say it better i'm gonna take this i'm gonna take that advice for myself as well <laughs> I, I should too yeah. I have one last question. Are your kids into art? Are they, they creative? Are. Yeah. So I, I have my older 10 year old, he's in fourth grade and he's always been, you know, drawing these, these amorphic characters, you know, with like six arms and a weird looking head and stuff. <laughs> but he's, but lately he's been getting into like typography and he doesn't know what it is. Like we talk about it, you know, he'll write something out and he'll make it 3d and we'll talk about, you know, a font, you know, a style of font, whether it's a serif font or a sans serif or, you know, what typography is. So for me, my best moment with my kids, as far as business goes, was because of the pandemic. And 
right in the beginning of the pandemic, it was, we were all home. We weren't sure what to do. And my wife and I thought of an idea where we would create a restaurant in our house and we would allow our kids to pick what kind of restaurant it was. We would then have them name it. And we would then sit down behind my computer with them and design the logo. And then with that logo, we would then make a menu. We'd create all the, the options. And then my wife and I literally went outside and we rang the doorbell and they opened the door and they welcomed us into Bandana Boys Pizza. So we had a little pizzeria in our house. We created a logo around it. We had a menu. It really got them into not only like the process of, of let's say a restaurant and food and how it's created and all the work that goes into it, but then also like the process of creating something from nothing, because that's the hardest thing as a creative is I call it the blank page effect where in the beginning you just stare at something and there's nothing there. And by the end of it, when you're done and all the work is put into it, there's this beautiful product that comes out at the end. The hardest thing is to get there. So getting over those humps where you feel like you have, you've hit a wall or something like that. So really kind of using tools along the way to inspire yourself, to riff off of ideas and to keep pushing thinking, I think was the fun process that they got to, to see from the idea of like, what do you want to do? And then, and then ultimately sitting down and enjoying a, a pizza. That's excellent. I know, right? I'm like, dang, I should have thought of that. <laughs> we've done it a couple times so it's like this ongoing thing where you know we'll every now and again we'll we'll open up bandana boys but now you know with with everything happening it's bringing more people in friends and family so it, it's become more than than we thought it was in the beginning which is really fun that's awesome that's a big big plug for bandana boys pizza yeah look at that <laughs> coming to a living room near you yes exactly <laughs> Served by children with dirty hands. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, at least they're working. You can't get any service out there. So it's true. It's true. The, the service was decent at best. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Brian, you know, we definitely are excited to, you know, of course, get to work with you every day, but um, also just to, to hear your story, your journey, um, a lot of the great, valuable insights that you've shared with us today. It's uh, given me a greater appreciation for, for you and all that you bring to the table. So definitely want to thank you for, um, for just sharing so openly. And I'm sure it's going to impact and, and, and help someone who listens to this, this episode of Talk West. So thank you again for taking time out your day and, and, and sewing into whoever listens. Thanks, man. This is, this is very therapeutic. I appreciate it as well. So I'm, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for what we can do. I, I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Talk West podcast. If you like this show, show us some love by pressing the subscribe and follow button on whatever podcast app you're using right now. And if you really like it, how about giving us a rating and review and sharing with your friends as well? Also, if your company is looking for marketing and branding help, Mango, myself, and the rest of the Walk West team want to hear from you. Visit walkwest.com or send us an email to hello at walkwest.com and we'll set up a time to discuss how we can help. That's all for today. For Mike Manganello, I'm Derek Ross, and we'll see you next time on the Talk West podcast.